You're listening to the Tamariano Show here at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And we have a lot of topics we're going to be talking to you about today. Our guest is Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem, my weekly guest. And uh, why don't you introduce the topics today, Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem? Okay, I'm going to begin with a, uh, a, what I consider to be a phenomenal poem. It'll be very short. And we'll talk about some uh, really very interesting revelations that we've seen over the last, well, I shouldn't say week, the last two weeks, actually. And we'll talk a little bit about the new old world order, a little bit about so-called energy news. And if we have the time, we'll reveal some interesting facts about 21st century war dead that are rather surprising. Intriguing. Okay, so where do you want to start? Let's start with this young lady. A young lady, I believe she's 14 years old. It's phenomenal. Wrote and presented a poem. Uh, so um, um, the first thing I need to say is that, it, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention, she's Irish and I have no idea how to properly pronounce her name, so I will not, be, I will not begin to try. I don't understand Irish. I really don't. Um, the title of the poem is I Am Not a Dress. Um, first thing I have to say, as a poet myself, was about, I think I've, uh, I've published five books of poetry, and, and as a former editor-in-chief of a, of a professional journal, I have to say that just in terms of literature, it's phenomenal that a 14-year-old young lady can write such a beautiful, expressive poem. This is the epitome of what poetry should be. Uh, um, uh, 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 and in terms of, and that's that's without connection to the content, of course, I'm just quality of literature. In terms of the content, I, of course, totally agree with her. She's coming out very strongly against the entire transgender garbage. And uh, she says, I am not a dress. It's, you know, you, you, I'm, I'm a woman. I'm not a dress. You can't equate a woman with how the some person is dressed. The person, the fact that a man puts on a dress does not make him a woman. And she goes on like that for about two minutes. It's a phenomenal poem. Anyone who can, I strongly uh, 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 suggest, look up on um, uh, YouTube uh, um, uh, the quote, I am not a dress. And uh, 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 um, it's just a um, phenomenal poem, both in terms of literature and in terms of the message. And she presents it with such pathos that it's just fantastic to listen to. So it's I called I Am everything. Not a Dress. A Dress. Like, dress a, as like in, the garment uh, a woman the wears. Opposite of, uh, the the right. opposite of... Okay, of and the question is, did it make a difference? Her well, beautiful I poem? One, I think it's too early to about? say, but I, I don't know if any one poem makes that much of a difference. She's expressing a thought. It's a beautiful thought. She expresses it wonderfully. Whether one agrees with her or not, in terms of literature, the 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 Irish. I don't know the structure of the Irish government, so I'm not making any comment about that. But if they have a um, a ministry of education or a ministry of culture, clearly this young lady should get some sort of a prize just for the quality of her literature, even if one disagrees with her sentiments. I, of course, totally agree with her sentiments, but um, I was just floored by the quality of, in terms of okay. English. <laughs> All right. Uh, weekly revelations. 
Okay, weekly relations. I have a, a a slew of these things that have come uh, uh, just come out over the last few days. I have five of them, and I'll try to go over them quickly um, so we can um, uh, um, fit them in before the break. First one: Iran seized another oil tanker after forcing the week before a U.S. submarine to surface. Um, they continue to embarrass the the American Navy in the in the uh, uh, Gulf of Oman, and the American Navy continues to do absolutely nothing about it. Um, the, in this case, the uh, the, the uh, I think the White House issued a statement that that sort of uh, no no no, it's not, you're being naughty, and, uh, and that that makes a tremendous expression uh, impression, of course, on the. Uh, uh, Revolutionary Guard Corps. Yeah, that doesn't go um, very far in the Middle East. That's <laughs> right. Uh, uh, U.S. Navy basically is, it continues to show itself as being impotent. Um, that's a very nasty word, and I agree it is a nasty word, but that's that's right. That's the life, and that's what everyone in the Middle East views the United States today. That is frightening as a person who lives in the, in the Middle East. Next mm-hmm. one. Uh, a company called Glencore, some people may have heard of it. It's a, a massive um, a natural minerals company. The company was founded by a person by the name of Mark Rich. His lawyer at the time was Isaac Herzog, our present president. Uh, it was Herzog who got Mark Rich. Mark Rich, by the way, was one of the biggest financial criminals in human history. Um, he... Uh, uh, he was pardoned on the last day of Clinton's uh, 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 of Clinton in the White House, with uh, 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 the negotiations being um, headed up by Herzog. Uh, uh, Glencore is now buying more and more companies. They've just bought uh, 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 tech resources. They've now bought a 30% stake in the alumina refinery and another stake in a bauxite producer uh, for hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, uh, uh, the question is, is Herzog still involved with them? There is no evidence to show that he has disinvolved himself from them. We don't know. Is Herzog, the president of our country, compromised? We don't know. Number three, Sudan. This is really a fascinating tidbit, and it's, it's a small thing. No one seems to be picking up on it very much. Um, after uh, the, the, the Wicked Witch of Foggy Bottom... Uh, uh, Victoria uh, Newland, or whatever her name is, um, um, uh, officially acknowledged the uh, biolabs, the U.S. biolabs in Ukraine. Um, uh, evidently, biolabs have now been found, U.S., United States-owned and operated biolabs have now been found in Sudan, in, which is in the middle of a civil war, a horrible civil war between various factions. Right. Now we know why the Sudan why Sudan was a part of the of the uh, 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 of the Abraham Accords. Because America had something to hide. Isn't that shocking? And where you have these bio labs and you have war, you have danger of leakage. We have danger of leakage and we have to understand this biolab was studying polio and measles. Measles is still well known around the world. Polio has been more or less eradicated from the entire world. Is the United States preparing a viral attack against the entire world? Does the United States really think it can fight the entire world using distributed bioweapons? Where else does the United States have biolabs 
in horribly poor countries that don't have the ability to comment upon what's being perpetrated on their own people. This is a crime against humanity. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. Which is and caused the by corruption. Is, are they preparing a bigger crime against humanity? This is stuff done by the American government, unknown to the American people. And you have to kind of also, you know, figure out, you, you can't blame everything on Biden because these bio labs are older, I imagine, than no, just no, no, a no. year this or so old. Stuff. This is well beyond. This, That's, is way, this, is, this, this all dates from the time of Obama, not from the time so of So I'm Obama. saying you have to figure out when these labs were uh, built and before that approved, and then you can maybe trace which presidency this was under to know. As far as we can tell, these... This This is not definitive. It's not positive. That's as far as we can tell. But this is a massive program, evidently, in many countries. We already know about two. Both of them, Ukraine was the poorest and most corrupt country in Europe. Sudan is the poorest country in Africa. Why are these things happening only in the most poor, most poorly managed countries in the world? What is going on here? Who, where else are these things? This is a horrible danger to the entire world. And we don't have the facts. Facts come out when you least expect them. And of course, nobody in the uh, pseudo media around the United States is even, is even talking about it. Because people don't care what's going on in, in uh, Sudan. But that's, that's not the point. I don't it? even know if Americans are, you know, the average person knows where Sudan is. So. Of course they don't. <laughs> <laughs> there was a survey taken recently. I won't go into it now, but uh, people were asked to locate Israel on a map and they couldn't. I remember when I was in the States, this was back in the late 70s. I would ask people, what's the difference between Sweden and Switzerland? And they thought it was the same country. So, okay, great. Uh, unfortunately, Americans aren't so usually, I should say not any Americans, but like I, I would say a, a, a good number are not uh, very good in geography and in languages because they're so isolated. They don't, you know, when no, you're no, in Europe, you're on the border. That's the, there's a difference. What'd you say? They're not isolated. They're insulated. Okay, but also like that, you know, if you're in Europe, you've got, you got, you have France borders Spain, and you've got different languages. You have all these countries are bordering each other. You have a lot more to do with each other, and so there's a lot more awareness of different languages and need to know different languages, etc. Whereas in the United sure. States, I mean, until before all the flooding of uh, of uh, illegal aliens, now it's very bilingual-ish, but uh, you know. With Spanish, well, et yes and no, but you still don't have uh, a concerted effort by the educational system in the United States to create a bilingual society. I'm not giving any opinion on whether it should be or shouldn't be, uh, but I, I don't see any evidence that th th that is being attempted. There's the two societies. Okay, hang on, hang on. We've got to take a break. We're going to be right back, everybody. Don't go anywhere.
All right, we're back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Our guest is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. And let me give him a proper introduction. He is a researcher, former lecturer at Ben-Gurion University. He's authored over 90 books and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. He commentates on Mideast and world issues. And uh, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, take it from where you left off. Okay, uh, two more of these... uh Revelation items that I've mentioned, and I'll try to go through them quickly. In Ukraine, uh, Russia has trialed all of its newest military equipment. Um, uh, just to give one example, uh, there far uh, almost um, in almost every area of military equipment, Russia is far ahead of American technology. That's a horrible thing to say. I'm, uh, I'm, I realize that Americans hate to hear that. It happens to be the case. Um, America, uh, uh, its its most potent ground-based weapon is something called HIMARS, which is it's, it's a form of artillery. The Russians are now able to shoot down these HIMARS rockets as they're fired, and since they've been fired, they also can destroy it on the ground, the, the place where it was shot from. Um, America has no capability to match that nor can they prevent the Russians from destroying them. Um, the U.S. continues to deplete Israel's ammunition supplies against signed agreements in order to send these this ammunition to Ukraine. Um, as usual, um, America is basically betraying its, its partnership with Israel. And the last one... Um, uh, it turns out the European Union, everyone is aware the European Union is, is, is very active in these sanctions against Russia. Well, it turns out not. The European Union is still buying tons, literally tons, of uh, Russian oil and gas. Hmm. But what they do is they launder it through third countries so that it won't be noticed so much. And again, this just came out. Give an example to our listeners Sorry. Give an example to our listeners how they how they're doing it. Oh well, they they they, they go through a, a small country like, uh, uh, for instance, an African country. People aren't aware of it, but um, uh, um, uh, EU countries still control. You're not allowed to say colonize, but they still have colonies in Africa. Um, for instance, France has 14 countries that it controls their currency and their politics. So they're not called colonies. You're not allowed to say colonies anymore. They just control them. And if they, these African countries, if they, um, if they uh, um, um, uh, uh, have the uh, audacity to protest something, then the Europeans simply kill them. No problem. So France has been laundering its, um, its uh, energy supplies, its uh, 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 Russian energy, through some of these 14 countries. Same thing with Germany. Same thing with um, uh, um, uh, other countries in the EU, it's pretty much um, it's pretty much basic European policy now. Is everybody duly shocked? Is there anybody who's not who's not who's who's who's, who's not uh, shocked by that? I mean, you know, shock value of, the, of European duplicity. You, it, you, right, you heard silence, so no one's with, um, with the short revelations. I, I'm just floored at some of these things. These things are really 
beyond even the normal um, uh, uh, um, um, duplicity and cynicism of some of these countries. Anyway, we're all everybody's talking about the new world order. <coughs> pardon me, against the old world order. Let me explain a little bit, give a little bit of background, so we know what's going on here. What we're really talking about, the world. It's not really the world. It's not the planet, which, which mostly the Western countries, the so-called Western countries. West includes Australia and Japan, which are about as west as as, as I don't know, as as my left toenail. But um, uh, but they're still called Western for some reason. I don't know. Uh, the world is living in an order called liberal international order, and some say it began with Bretton Woods in 1944, or with the end of World War II and the discovery of the depravity of the Holocaust and the Nuremberg trials, or some say it began in 1973 with the start of the petrodollar hegemony, or 1990 with the collapse of the Cold War. Or 1991 with the coalition against Saddam Hussein, or 2001 with the 9/11 attacks, whatever. Anyway, we're living in this so-called liberal international order, which is anything but liberal. And what we see is that, despite this world order, the so-called world order, obviously to every observer, changing much more quickly than most people realize much more quickly than most analysts expect them, world orders do change. The world evolves, society evolves, economies evolve. That's normal. But nothing that anybody is doing stops the Bidenites from rewarding Iran with a nuclear deal to legally, quote unquote, obtain nuclear weapons. And that, that this is just unbelievable. This is just Really something that nobody can explain why they're doing it. But we should not be fooling ourselves. The United States government of today is still actively negotiating with Iran to forward the nuclear deal, despite all of their protestations that they are not. That is a lie. We know that they are still continuing to negotiate with the Iranians. The Iranians are playing them like a fiddle because American State Department knows much, as much as Yemen, Lebanon, Gaza, all surround Israel. Is this not, is this that the American government is not aware that that's what they're doing? Is it possible that they're not aware? Anyway, did you say we have a caller? Yes, we have uh, Tsipora calling in from the United States. Hi, Tsipora. What's your comment or question for Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem? Hi. My comment is on the New World Order. It connects to the old. Um, does, is he familiar with the Simon Wiesenthal letter that was sent to Credit Suisse and the bank that now owns Credit Suisse about the fact that the heirs to the Nazi account from the gold that was looted from the Jews in the Holocaust is about to be given to the heirs of those Nazi accounts? And does he know anything about it? And can he comment about it, please? Okay. Thank you for your call, Tsipora. Dr. Murakai ben what do you have to say to her? First of all, I really appreciate your comment, Tsipora. Thank you very much. It's a superb comment. I am aware of it. I have no idea of the details because nothing has been released. And I have found nothing. I have searched and I have not found any details to really report about, unfortunately. Um, you are absolutely correct in your facts. Uh, 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 Credit Suisse was the leader, was the lead 
Swiss bank in terms of looting um, uh, uh, the assets of Jews during the Holocaust. Um, uh, um, uh, it's now owned by UBS, another Swiss bank. Um, what that means in the long term in terms of these of these assets, I have no idea, unfortunately. I wish I could give you more information. I just don't have it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for your call, Tsipora. Thank you so much. You know, I'm sure... Very important comment. Please, everybody, take notice. It's a very important comment. Yeah, we're going to be hearing a lot more about banks in the future, too, all over the world, not just with that and on that topic, I I imagine so. Um, But we have a lot more... We have a lot of other topics to go to. Do you want to finish this one? And then in the next segment, we'll get to... uh, uh, we're pretty much finished. There was nothing else really to say about that. Um, uh, I wanted to go on now to some uh, interesting news about what's going on in the world of energy. Okay. Uh, we, let's see if we can we can manage to get a little bit in before the break, and then we'll, we'll continue with that afterwards. Yeah. So, uh, um, uh, um, as everyone knows, everybody, there's been a debate now for many months. Is the United States in a recession? Is it not in a recession? Most analysts today says it's, say it is not in a recession, but most leading uh, 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 people in industry claim that if the United States is not in a recession, it is very close to a recession. So all of this is sort of, uh, where are we? We don't know where we are. How, how is it, where is this going? Blah, blah, blah. We don't really know. But what I'm saying is, far, is, is more important than the question is or is not an inflation or an, uh, and a recession already here. What we see is that the United States has had uh, 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 inflation, a very high, relatively high inflation for uh, over a year, about a year and a half now. And the actions of the Fed seem to be bringing down the inflation rate somewhat. The inflation rate is still high. It's still higher than than has been for the last 40 years. What I'm going to say, and this is just in time for the for the break to give people a little bit of a hiccup there, is that if an oil spike hits by the end of the year, which I believe very strongly there will be, everything the Fed has done is erased. Meaning? Meaning they've done nothing. They've caused... a tremendous harm and have not done anything to inflation because they have not addressed what's called core inflation only the externalities of it okay and in the meantime you've got places like the BRICS, the brazil russia india china etc uh coming together against the dollar it'll be interesting to see what happens there we're going to and be 30 back other after- countries asking to join the fund 30 three zero Okay, we got to go. We're going to be right back after the break. We are back here at the Tamar Yonah Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. A lot happening around the world, and we're covering a lot of topics as well. Our guest is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. And we talked about I Am Not a Dress. And if you want to look that up, you can just Google it. And Weekly Revelations, the new slash old world order. And 
Energy News and Green Solutions. And we'll also be talking about 21C, the 21st century, war dead worse than the 20th century. It's a question mark. So what do you have to say? Okay, let's uh, continue for a moment with the, with the in- issue of energy, because that's really important to everybody on the planet. Um, oil prices seem to have stabilized over the last six months around 74 to $80 to $78 per barrel. Um, sometimes it peaks a little bit to, towards 80 82 comes right, right back down again. For the last six months, approximately, this has been fairly, fairly stable. Um, the Biden administration not only has not begun to refill the strategic petroleum reserve, evidently it seems to be still feeding off of them. We don't know where it's selling them. In the past, it sold them to its enemies in China, but we don't know where where it's selling them today. Oil is set for its sixth straight monthly loss, despite the OPEC plus production cuts. Remind people that just uh, uh, recently, the OPEC plus decided to cut 1.16 million barrels per day from its production. Uh, I, I don't normally predict, as, as you know, Tamar, but this time I'm going to make a prediction. Uh, and unfortunately, Goldman Sachs agrees with me. Um, Goldman Sachs said expect triple digits by the end of the year. I expect it to be much worse than that. Hmm. And if that happens, everything the Federal Reserve has done to combat inflation will simply be erased entirely. And inflation across the United States and across the Western world and, and Europe will skyrocket as we've never seen before because it's coming up from a base which is much higher. Remember, what the Fed has done till now is they have addressed the externalities of the inflation problem. They have not addressed at all core inflation. If you actually delve down and look at the numbers, core inflation has not changed for the last half year, despite the uh, tremendous, unprecedented rise in the Federal Reserve lending rate. That is not good. That is very bad. Um, Goldman Sachs, as I said, has predicted $100 per barrel by the end of the year, um, which is up from their previous projection of $97 per, per barrel the end of the year. Um, I believe it'll go higher than that, faster than that. Remember, we're just heading now into the heavy traveling season. I think we're going to be a little bit surprised. What we need to understand is that the major oil producers in OPEC Plus are losing money. That is not sustainable. They don't like doing that. They don't like losing money to the West. I, ex- I expect that they will react within the next two months. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's three. I don't know. But I do not expect them to maintain these production levels that they've had till now. If for no other reason that they really want to punch Joe Biden in the nose. But beyond that, there's also the economics. We need to understand that there is no member of, of, of OPEC that does not utterly despise Joe Biden. That is not a good thing to, have to say. 
Germany has closed its last three nuclear plants. I can't think of anything more stupid than that. Um, Germany has uh, spent many trillions of euro, trillions with a T, on solar panels. Maybe that's more stupid than closing the nuclear plants because there's no sun in Germany for more than two, two and a half hours a day. So depending on solar energy in Germany, that's pretty dumb. You you have to kind of wrap your head around that. You know, committee has had to approve these things. It's not just one, you know, ignorant person, but a whole committee of people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just you have to wrap your head. It's hard to wrap your head around that. Well, okay. I, I will come back and I will say what I've said to you. I don't know how many times in the past over the years. Be very careful of the liar who believes himself. So these people have all forced themselves to believe their own lies, their own propaganda about the, 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 the climate change nonsense. Yes, climate is changing. Climate always changes. That's what climate does. The concept that we humans can control the climate of the planet Earth is egregious uh, arrogance. It just can't be described any other way. We do not have the ability to control the, the climate of the planet. We just don't. On that note, I have to say the three technologies that are presented to everybody by all of these ridiculous imitation media, electric vehicles, photovoltaics, solar panels, and wind turbines, from mining to manufacture to deployment to maintenance and through retirement, these will be and already are massive environmental disasters, the likes of which the human planet has never seen before. These, these will be the largest the human-made disasters the world has ever seen. And you, People don't understand. And you credit that to stupidity or to evilness? Never. Uh, 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 what's the expression? There's an expression about that. Never underestimate uh, what? Yeah, never under. Uh, uh, never under. Uh, what is it? Never underestimate um, uh, uh, to trans transfer. Um, um, stupidity from evil. I don't think this, this is just stupidity. I don't think people are that dumb. Neither I do I. Exactly yeah, neither do I. I think they know exactly what they're doing, and I think this is intentional. Cre I have no creating idea why. crises. They're, they're creating crises, and then they're taking power, and they're taking away people's freedoms, all under this guise of, as you said, uh, they don't even call it global, global warming anymore. Now they're just calling it climate change. And as you said that, the earth goes through this through, throughout history and you can't really change it. It's not going to change by your footprint and they want to punish you if you make too large of a footprint, which gives them the power over you and taking away your freedoms and, and your rights, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, unfortunately, you're only partially right because the addition of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere causes plants to grow. Remember, plants eat carbon dioxide. Humans eat oxygen. Right. Plants eat carbon dioxide, right. and expel, absorbing the carbon and expelling the oxygen. That's how the planet breathes. So if you have more carbon dioxide in the planet, there will be more food for more people. So it's not just a question of control. It's also a question of killing off people. They want to thin out the population. That's what I, that's what I believe. 
so and they will do that by depopulation. Starvation. So that's what all the that the you know people who are called. I'm going to say I'm not going to say that they are, but they are called conspiracy theorists. That's what they're trying to to say. Oh, you believe in depopulation? Would you crazy? What you you mean our own governments want to kill us? How could you say such a thing? Well, somebody should look up the, the past statements of this twerp, pardon me, that is now called the, the kinglet of, of, of never Great Britain. He said it umpteen times that he wants to thin out the population of the planet. And he believes that the, 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 the maximum number of people that the planet should support is half a billion people. And he said it many times in the past. You're talking about Charles? No, I'm talking about Charles, yes. Uh-huh, okay. Horrible person, horrible family. I have no sympathy for them for a moment. Pardon me if there are Britons that still like these people. I think they are horrible monsters. And I can and I can give enormous piles of data to support my opinion. Well, but you know, I'm sure that there are people who, who are intrigued and and maybe even proud of the royal family because it's their culture. And so I, I would like to hear a reason why you're saying that. Well, let's, uh, I can give you many examples, but, I can, but let, 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 let's do some, just two examples very quickly. How many Jews were killed by the, by the British military during the time of the uh, uh, British mandate of Palestine? Yeah, but we we're yeah. talking about the royal family. Not, not the, well, not the prime minister the and the government. Just like the president of the United States is the commander in chief of the of the American military, the royal family commands the military in in, in, in Never Great Britain. Okay, but okay, you don't want you don't want that. Let's go back a little. bit. You don't want the time of the of the, of the mandate where they only murdered thirty five thousand Jews. Let's go back a little bit further in time. The time of Victoria. Victoria certainly controlled the military. There's no doubt about that. During the time of Victoria, her military murdered over 100 million people around, around the planet with engineered famines. That's in Ireland, that's in India, that's in Persia, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I can give you the exact numbers if you like them. <laughs> Go ahead, throw out some numbers. It's always good oh, to... I, I, don't, I don't have them on the top ah, of my head. Okay, so... they're, in my, they're in one of my books, but I can... Okay. I can I can send you the table. But you have it. You have it. Okay. All right. I, I, I have it, and each number is actually footnoted. So you can actually find where the, 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 the data comes from. Okay. Um, I, I, I do not respect these people. I think this is a, a, a family of parasites who have made phenomenal amounts of money by stealing. The Indians, for instance, claim that the uh, 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 the British Raj, as they called it, stole some, I don't remember the number, 21 or $23 trillion from India. I haven't heard then the British talking about any reparations to India. So yes, I, I have t- tremendous amount of support and sympathy for India and zero for the British. Okay, sorry. And if somebody doesn't like me for that, well... That's fine. 
Okay, so I just want to say we have another caller coming on now. If you would like to call in and weigh in on any of the issues that we're discussing, please do. You can agree. You can disagree. We're very open here. We like to have healthy debates. It's very good. And uh, we have, again, Sipora. Uh, let me just give out the, our numbers are on the top of our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. At the very top, you'll see our numbers there if you'd like to call in from the States or from Israel. All right, so uh, we have Sipora joining us. Go ahead, Sipora. Yes. Uh, may I start? Yes. Okay. Um, with great respect, my my mother, Aliska, a Holocaust survivor, and myself think he is Rabbi Mordechai is exactly correct about the past history. However, it is very important to indicate that King Charles is a real mensch, and he has been attending every Jewish function on uh, anti-Semitism in the Renaissance, anti-Semitism. In the uh, in the Holocaust, he he's danced with survivors. He he treats them so specially. Um, also, Princess Alice rescued Holocaust survivors, and that is why she is interred on Mount of Olives. That's so. Grandma. While they are maybe exceptions, maybe people can learn to follow them. So I would not negate the whole royal family, even though he's correct about the past history, and I'm glad he says it. Okay. Great. I, I really appreciate you, you calling in and, and commenting. Okay. So, I, again, you're going to have people who love the royal family and just l- love all the pomp, and, and they're going to look the other way. And or they don't think that they need to look the other way because they'll justify it, and, and that's fine. You know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, as we say. Um, do you want to say one last thing, Dr. Mordechai ben Menachem? The only thing I would say about it is to re- reiterate what you just said. Are, I have more than respect for what the British people opinion, did. And, yet and if I can learn from that, I am more than, more than thankful. Princess Alice. Yes, I, uh, okay. So anybody, thank you for your call, Tsipora. So anybody who doesn't know, Princess Alice was uh, Prince Philip's uh, mother. And uh, she the grandmother is, of, the, of Charles. Yes, that's what I said before. And, uh, and she was, she, she's buried here. She, she, uh, I don't know whether to say that she loved Israel, but she was a very religious person and believed in the land of Israel as God's holy land, etc. Okay, any last topics that you want to cover or finish covering? Yes, I'm going to go just one uh, topic, relatively short, unfortunately short. Um, uh, 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 I don't know if people are aware, but just with a, a very quick rundown of the numbers that I did the, the, over, the, over the past uh, 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 one morning last week, the numbers of war dead during the 23 years that have so far passed in this century. And um, uh, I was floored. I did not expect these numbers. There's something on the order of 4 million people have already been killed in the 21st century in wars. And the interesting thing about that, well, I shouldn't say interesting. That's not that's an implied thing. I, I apologize. The 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 um, um, Israeli thing about that that I should say that I should notice is that none of these major wars. And I'm talking about wars, for instance, like the, the Tigray War with six hundred thousand dead, uh, uh, the Afghan Afghanistan War, hundred uh, 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 almost two hundred thousand dead, etc. I won't go through the numbers, um, but I can give them to anybody who wants them. Um, None of these have elicited um, 1% of the ink that the, in numbers, trivial, I shouldn't, I, I don't know, I don't know the, the, uh, the correct word, but trivial is not polite to say about dead people, but the, 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 
the numbers that are that are are here in in the land of Israel, where we've had wars over the last 23 years that have um, contributed um, less than one tenth of one percent to these dead. Less, much less. I think it's less than one hundredth of one percent of well, what has been killed in, around the world. Well, a lot of people oh, would say that's due to God's divine um, protection. Uh, no, I won't say, I won't give that statement here because I'm talking about dead on both sides. Both our dead and Palestinians. I don't want Palestinians to die either. <laughs> I want them to live a decent life and I want them to leave me alone. But uh, but I don't I don't want to, I don't want I don't want to want to harm anybody. Yeah, but he controls both sides. <laughs> I, I, I'm fine, but I'm saying okay. I, you know I don't want people to think that I'm saying that you know I'm 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 saying anything against the Palestinians. When I'm talking about yeah, I I like to say Arabs. I I like to say Arabs, not not what they claim that they're Palestinians. They don't even have a P in their, in their alphabet. They're Palestinians. They've taken on a, a, a culture's name and, and it, it, there, there is no such nation as such, but that's well, there never has been certainly. Right. I mean, not, okay. So I just like to be beginning. accurate. <laughs> okay. Because my father was a Palestinian. Yes, and for anyone correct. who doesn't know the history, I just say this really quick and very um, crassly because I, I'm not going to take time to go into it, into the history. But the name Palestine came from when the Romans took over Israel and exiled us and they wanted to erase our name. They named the place for the Philistines, which were a big enemy of Israel for centuries and, and, and to humiliate us. And that's where it got its name. And in fact, the name Nablus that you might have heard of, which the, the original name of that city was Shechem. You'll read about it in the, in the Bible. Nablus was actually the name Naples. But the Arabs who were interlopers and occupiers and came into this, in, into the land of Israel and took root here, try, you know, trying to take it over, they couldn't say Naples. So they would say Nablus. That's how it got the name Nablus. So people should be aware. And if you, if you want to learn more, I would suggest that you all go and listen to uh, Phantom Nation. It's a podcast here on Israel News Talk Radio. You can just look for... Uh, that just put in a a search for it, and you'll find all the shows there. And our show host Shai Bentakoa gives an amazing historical references uh, of uh, this non-nation. So go ahead. Uh, uh, again, of course, everything that you're saying is correct. I, I mean, obviously, um, but as usual, these things are more compl- complex than that. Uh, 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 for instance, we should say that. The Romans attempted to erase us from the land. They failed. We remained in the land for many centuries mm-hmm. after the Romans had long gone from here. Remember, right. when the Arabs originally invaded, which is in, in the 7th century, um, there were still 6 million Jews in Israel, in the land of Israel. And that can be proven from the war that that occurred between the Byzantium and and the and the Persians prior to the first jihad so we know that there were millions of Jews living here still in the land of Israel even up until the 7th century the arabs eliminated them 
when they arrived here, as I said, the population was about 6 million when they, at the beginning of the 7th century. At the end of the 7th century, the population was about 100,000. That's for the entire land. That's everyone. So the, the, the Romans attempted to, to humiliate us by changing the name of the country, and they failed. <laughs> they failed in that. They, they, they had no effect on us. We remained here. We've remained here ever since. We've always been here. And as I said, uh, by the way, I think it was two weeks ago, I mentioned that in 1860, the British consul in Jerusalem claimed that there was a Jewish majority in Jerusalem. And some uh, listener uh, wrote me a letter and asked me to give, uh, to give them the reference. I gave them the reference, the exact page in the book that I, that I took it from. So these things are documented. These are, these, these are not, again, these are not theories. These are not suppositions. These are not random thoughts. These are things that are well documented and can be proven quite easily, actually. Okay. All right. And I, I, I'll just add in one more thing here that it is important really to know the history because if, if anybody hasn't been following the news throughout the last, you know, even just last uh, 15 years here in, in Israel, Mahmoud Abbas, who heads the Palestinian Authority, which is like the PLO, he was number two terrorist under Yasser Arafat, uh, he was claiming that they're the pa- Palestinians and this is their land. And then... They started claiming that Jesus was Jewish in Bethlehem, so they can try to uh, market that and make a lot of money. And then later on, he claimed that the Palestinians, what he terms the Palestinians, are uh, that they're the original Canaanites here. And so when he said that, it was a laughingstock in Israel, first of all, you should all know. But second of all, I was thinking, you know, it makes it even more crucial that people do not uh, fall into this propaganda and are instead historically accurate and under- and say and understand that they cannot say, yes, he's uh, th- they're the original Canaanites, because the next thing that he's going to say is that they're the original Jews. And we already have cultures today claiming that the Jewish people are not the Jews, that they're a bunch of converts, the Kuzaris, etc., and that th- and that their people are the original Jews. You can look at the Black Hebrews who claim that we're not Jews; that they're the original Jews. And you'll look at um, uh, seg- segments of, um, sorry, certain sects of other religions that say that they're uh, the chosen people, not not the Jews. The Jews are cursed, etc. So it's very important to be accurate, historically accurate. And these Arabs that came in are. Everybody, you know, all the Arab nations <laughs> hate these Arabs in Israel that call themselves Palestinians. They don't accept them. Their, their, their language is the same. Their religion is the same. They might have a different accent, but you have different accents in the United States, but they're all Americans. So it's just very important that we stay accurate. Okay. And by the way, just on that note, yeah. um, these things have gone to trial. And... Every time they went to trial, even when the judges were awful Jew haters in Europe, we always came out on top on this issue. Always. Okay, and there you have it. Uh, anything, anything else you want to say, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem? Well, I think we're okay. 
All right, so we covered a lot of topics here, and uh, it's interesting to see European policy. Uh, as you said, that they you 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 say that they're laundering their energy. Um, it's it's interesting things that they do in order to kind of like bypass laws and bypass morals and ethics and values and and things. But uh, well, no one should ever confuse the European Union with morals. But you know, I you know, it is terrible. Like uh, the 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 predictions that what was going to happen in Europe with people freezing to death and people dying of the heat, elderly people especially. We want everybody in the world to live comfortably, to live in peace to get along with each other and and uh, and in order to do that you have to have a, a world that's not corrupt a world that is lives on the basis of a foundation of truth and a foundation of justice and of righteousness and and that's what we want for everybody and, and to appreciate one another amen we're all brothers and sisters we all Absolutely. stem from noah and from, from from before that Adam and Eve, we're all brothers and sisters. We shouldn't be killing each other. We shouldn't be fighting wars. We should all get along. Please, God, it should all be good. The Messiah should come to teach those of us who don't know this, teach them that. And we shouldn't be, uh, we should be uh, making our swords into plowshares. Is that what they say? <laughs> That's not what they say. That's what the prophet said. <laughs> right, right. I remember reading it once in a, they, they, in a, I went to Poland and on the airplane in their magazine, they said, there's an old Polish saying. And then they quoted that. And I'm thinking, that's an old Polish saying? That's from the Bible. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening, us, listening to us here at the Tamar Yona Show. Uh, we were with Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem. And uh, it's good to be with you all. Next up, we have on Returning Home with Natalie Sapinski. And remember, if you have any comments or questions, we do these live shows, so you should be able to call in and agree or disagree with us. And we're cool with that because we love intellectual stimulation and learning and discussion. Uh, We're very tolerant here and very loving. (laughs) Okay, everybody. Thanks for being with us. I think we have.